0: where we talk about Star Trek loudly, at least I do, and at great length, which sometimes we do, although I suspect this episode might be quite short, because evil computer does evil. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm your host, joined, well, actually, always, Mm -hmm. always,
1: by Kim. Hello. And by Ari. Hello, and your name is Corrine. Is it? Yep. Most days? Mm -hmm. Mm. Usually.
2: Mm.
1: I prefer to be Mrs.
0: Kirk. Anyways, this is Season 2, Episode 24, The Ultimate Computer, as I like to call it, an indictment of modern parenting techniques.
2: <laughs> I was a little upset that the episode was called The Ultimate Computer and it wasn't just about Spock doing math for 45 minutes.
1: Well, that's the
2: version of the episode written by Bones. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was kind of hoping that
0: Spock would make out with the computer at some point, (laughs) and was sadly disappointed. In so many ways. In fact, it was all about Kirk's impotence when, when he's up against a computer. Which, strangely, is very appealing. This episode was, in fact, inspired by the 1960s when the mechanization of the workforce led to massive, massive job loss. So people being replaced by machines, the tension between kind of advancement and new technology and the very reality of people's jobs and livelihoods and entire personhood um, being replaced and...
2: and automated. Automated yes. and gone. I am going to shock everyone by saying I actually liked Kirk in this episode. And those are two faces that I never see. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, this was, for me, this was a really good episode for Kirk. Because it wasn't about him being the big strong hero and putting up and doing and saving the world and saving the day. It was about him turning introspective and looking in on himself and saying, Who am I? If I am not the captain. Yeah, he actually had quite a few visible
1: moments of like vulnerability here. That's
2: exactly the word I wanted to use, is that
1: he's vulnerable.
2: I think,
0: honestly, that the episode, the interplay between Bones and Spock and Kirk, during this episode, was some of the best writing of it, and the best acting of it, that I think we've actually
1: seen in this entire series. Well, everyone got beats. Yeah, Yeah. everyone got beats. And the the best dialogue between our regular characters in this episode are what I would classify as kitchen table. Like, it's on topic, but it's also not central to the plot. It's the quiet moments
0: that are talking about their relationship to each other. Yeah. Rather than about the ship and about the computer, but about you as a person. I love
1: kitchen table.
0: Uh, Yeah, I thought this was great. Kim, you'll be glad to know it was concept by Lawrence and Wolf. Rewrite by DC Fontana. My girl,
2: <laughs> DC! Who, your girl,
0: DC, who rewrote most of the stuff about Kirk struggling with his his new position and being replaced by a computer. It's no
2: wonder I Makes like so it. Makes so much more
0: sense now. It was good. I felt like this episode, despite being the fourth episode where Kirk talks a computer to
2: death, this one he actually talks it into suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, well, It's kind of like a murder-suicide, actually. We we got to the end there, and I was like, okay, I know where this is going. <laughs> As soon as he picked up the phone to talk to the computer, I was like, oh, Oh, sorry. I mean, it it was like a tropey ending that we've seen before, but it was, I mean, it was slapped on so hard, I didn't actually care about it that much, because (laughs) everything that led up to it was so good. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this resolves the episode and moves us along. I'm fine with that. Damn.
1: (laughs) You knew exactly where the episode was going from basically the first, like, the very first Uh, Oh, yeah. Computer
0: shows up that's going to replace the captain. Oh, before even
1: that, we had a series of red flags, things that in Star Trek, the original series, always mean something is going to go down. Uh, One, we visit a space station. (sighs) Two, a Commodore comes on board. And from there, it's really just downhill. It's true.
0: Anyone who even vaguely outranks Kirk is usually either an alien vision being beamed into his head, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or someone who's there to engage in a dick-swinging
1: contest, or put him up on trial. Oh, and three, were or they were the Enterprise's ordered to a location, and the captain doesn't know why. These things always spell trouble. That's mm-hmm. true. That is true. It, this episode is very tropey. A computer essentially, computer arrives
0: on board. Oh, the computer's gonna go evil and kill yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Like no. I'm sorry. There's there's no question about
1: this.
2: Yeah. Didn't mind. No, nope. didn't mind. No. I was very happy. I yeah. I in, I enjoyed God this episode. Damn it. I enjoyed that particular
1: part mainly because the characters are all like, oh, I don't know about this. Kirk
0: almost said, but not quite. I have a bad he feeling does. about this. Well, he he
1: mimes it. <laughs> he he mimes his spidey sense? He does. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. We hardly I, ever get to see Kirk being genuinely intuitive, which is funny because he's really good at it.
0: Uh, he comes off as a total psychic. But what I liked about this is that we have, again, your, your two ends of the seesaw you've got your spock who's like computers technology rah rah rah. bones who's like no nope, kill it with fire or axes if we have to and kirk who's constantly seesawing Back, between yeah. He's like yes i see that this technology is is useful and it could save lives and it's interesting but
2: i have these weird emotions about yes. it yeah. when kirk actually stops to ask people like ask himself and ask them why do I... He actually, I think he says the line, like, why do I feel this way about it? I don't understand why I'm having this reaction. Am I being unreasonable? Yes. yes. And we have all had that reaction mm-hmm. yes. about things. And <laughs> Is I, this crazy? Yeah. Am I being an asshole? Yeah. And so yeah. I really like that aspect yeah. of this. And this was, this was the Kirk that I like from, yes. like, mid-season one Kirk. Like, nerd Kirk who's into understanding himself and what's going on and who's smart yes. and isn't just there to be big and in yeah. charge and correct all the time. And a hero. He's yes. not
0: really a hero in this episode. He's kind of been, he's out of his element. Mm-hmm. He has his entire personhood centered on being the captain. He does not have a very good work-life balance, shall we say. No. His entire person is captured in that. When that's taken away, he's struggling with, well, who am I underneath that? Yeah. Um, and how, what is my relationship to the ship? What is my relationship to the crew? What is my larger place in the universe? And I love that this episode lets him explore that. Yes. And doubt. It lets him doubt.
2: Yes. And I think I can sum this up by saying, like, for myself, like, Kirk is right about everything, but I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to me going like, of course Kirk is just going to pick whatever he wants and that's the correct thing. This was genuinely interesting.
0: And it also ties into the actual end of the episode where instead of being the hero, being the bombastic problem solver is the way that he protects his ship and protects his crew is by being totally vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Totally open and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No shields. No No shields. Brene Brown would be so proud of him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it, it it was deep, man. It was deep, and I really, really liked it.
2: It was issues. It was issues based Star Trek.
0: Issues and Star relationships. relationships. Yeah. Yes, yeah that's true. When when yeah, I th- I thought, thought the characters all focused inward. Well.
2: What does it mean? Exploring to issues through relationships.
0: Yeah. Yes, it starts with a super sexy camera angle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I love a pan across the bridge. Although I have to admit that I don't know whether the shirt was tighter or there are other issues that play. You can definitely see Kirk's like. Gusset. <laughs> he,
2: you, can, you can definitely see the outlines of, like, he's like, I'm putting in air quotes here undershirt. Yeah,
1: the gusset is not the part of the body that you are pointing <laughs> to. He's corset. His yeah, yes.
0: corset. <laughs> um, which. Again, I'm fine with him. He looks
2: great
0: in this episode. I don't know
2: what it was. Maybe it was just general positivity about this episode. But, like, everything on the bridge looked really bright and yeah, really fresh. Yeah. And I think maybe Shatner had a haircut before this episode. Well, he had that yes. sort of that, that boyish sweep, golden age yes. of Hollywood yes. sort of yes. haircut. Which everybody I, looked I'm great in this down. episode.
0: Everyone looked good. Everything looked good. This was a really well-directed episode. Yeah. All the camera angles were interesting Yeah, nothing interesting looked enough. crazy
1: like someone was hiding in an air vent.
0: Which happens sometimes. No, it it was good. Yeah. It was good. There were some interesting shots. I don't think we've ever... I don't think we've really lingered on Jeffrey's tube's shots No, we haven't. I don't think so. And
2: I definitely... I Like, I don't tend to notice direction and camera angles and that stuff all that much. If Mm -hmm. it's... But, like, there was a few times in this one where I went, oh my goodness, this is an interesting shot. Especially, like... The, conflict, the lingering on the three of them walking down the hall together. Yes. Well, I don't think I've seen that on this sh- I don't know if we've seen that particular type of shot on this show before. It was very interesting. It was noticeable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I think also the director did a really good job of conveying M5 yeah those shots were not boring when essentially we're watching blinky lights mm-hmm. but somehow it they're is, expressive blinky Yes, lights. it is filmed in such a way that i'm like oh i can follow the thought process of this yeah. blinky light or at yeah, least yeah. that there is a thought process
1: yes they're I, thinky yeah
0: thinky the actual, yeah the construction of m5 with the weird like alice in wonderland mm-hmm. music video background yeah. like, go ask alice <laughs> background um i'm like yeah i get this i'm into it it's visually interesting they didn't linger on it too
1: long just enough yeah
0: just enough yeah, it
1: yeah. was good it was In, all very anyways good. yeah the
0: great camera angle and they've been taken to this uh starbase which is always a bad idea yeah, always and they're support.
2: beaming the problem on board <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's commodore wesley
0: i'm wondering wesley crusher maybe a throwback there
2: uh wesley is june roddenberry's middle name
0: oh so everyone gets named wesley mm-hmm. yes He's,
2: okay yes
0: and that may be, be... Commodore Wesley comes off as somewhat an asshole, but not too bad out of this episode. Well, yeah.
2: The other thing is that he and Kirk are friends because Kirk greets him with, Bob! Yeah. You're yeah. here, Bob! Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and a, a very yeah. good friend. And also fe- almost kind of felt like he was like, we were ordered to Starbase. Surprise! Bob's here! Isn't this great? Bob's here for the war game! <laughs> Bob's here to screw things
1: up. Yeah, okay, so the M5... Is So I thought this was really funny because we find the M5 is the latest, the ultimate computer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the, the latest advance in super advanced 1960s computing. Um, And they're going, it's supposed to take over a starship so that you don't need a crew anymore. At least you don't need much of a crew.
2: I, for one, thought it was really adorable that we were still in a time period where they had to explain uh, the number on the end is for the version of the program. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I thought of Babylon uh, 5, and I wonder
1: possibly... Uh, uh, like, the first four were not entirely successful. Did one of them disappear to an alternate <laughs> timeline? Hmm.
0: I also like how uh, they're talking about it's a Daystrom device, and yeah. the co- Spock's got to being like, oh yes, I know all about this, and the was like, why do you know so much about this? And he's like, I'm a level A7 computer expert. <laughs> Just like I'm a level 27
1: bard. <laughs> <laughs> love the idea that in the future, basic skill sets have uh, yes. levels like d d d Yeah, so it's invent- an invention of Dr. Richard Daystrom, which I'm sure Kim recognized.
2: Daystrom! I actually was, like, really, really happy to see... Do- I had completely forgotten that yeah. you actually got to meet, because in... Um, Next Generation, and Deep Space Nine, and I think also in Voyager, the Daystrom Institute mm-hmm. is the big Federation Science Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's called the, it's the Daystrom Even Institute. Even after this? Even after this? Yeah, it's like, it's like a university. It's, it's like a federation, it, yeah, it's a federation, it's not like, it's not like it's a university, well, it's, they more have like a, it's more like they have students, but yeah. it's, it's the overarching big Federation Science structure. Yeah, like the Vulcan Science And you can Academy. get but you can get Starfleet personnel working for mm-hmm. the Daystrom Institute and you have civilian personnel working for the yeah. Daystrom Institute. Are they aware of how his life turned out? Yes, yes. but he did make great advances as well. Mm-hmm. Like he's respons- He killed let's do our count right now, Kim. <laughs> um he killed a lot of people, it's like well over a hundred Starfleet personnel. He yeah. killed a hundred people and was not upset about it. <laughs> no, At that,
1: the end, he was like, I, eh, I'm gone! I feel like possibly, th- I mean, they don't mention it in the episode, I don't know when the Daystrom Institute was founded, but, yeah. like, before this, he had this glittering career. Like he was the boy, boy wonder. wonder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then he got, he, he did had nothing. a Nobel Prize, he had a made-up Star Trek name science prize. Yeah. Um, and, uh, fourth wall breaking very interesting for the time this episode. He is, like, the leading scientific computer sciences mind of the time. Yes. And this was on television in the 1960s, and he's a black man. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was a big fucking deal. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone should read Hidden Voices, mm-hmm. uh, or Hidden Figures. Hidden mm-hmm.
2: Figures.
0: The one that the new movie with...
2: Uh... <gasps> Lady Scientist at NASA? Lady Black oh, NASA oh, yeah. Scientist. So excited for that movie. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the... So yeah, Dr. Daystrom is like in the Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. He's a big deal, and big for, like deal. I spent a bit of, a bit of time at work this afternoon reading up on the Daystrom <laughs> Institute on uh, memory on alpha. Memory alpha, yeah, it's very there interesting. You know. It gets mentioned a lot. It's good for a lot of things. Leah Brahms works for the Daystrom Institute. She was a like a lecturer there or something. Bash taught there for a while, before <sighs> she was thrown out in disgrace. Oh,
1: murder! Yeah, I have to wonder how that came about.
2: <laughs> But I just thought it was it's interesting that... Good throwback. Yeah, it's a very good throwback. And I also think it's like a nice piece of world building that you see this thing, yeah. this person that you see for one episode in original series, who his legacy... And you can see his legacy across the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just... Stuff like that makes me so happy. Yeah. I mean, I have
1: to assume that despite what happened with the M five, he still created like a huge number of
2: major advances in computing in the twenty third well, century. He's so, basically responsible for the whatever system it is that yeah. they use across all of the Starfleet yeah. ships yeah. right now. So I he mean, invented that. He
0: had, he that. had a, a uh, an achievement, yeah, but yeah. I think
2: he kind of stalled out and went crazy. And yes,
1: well, they're that older and unfortunate. But we don't period.
0: know what happened after he no, killed a hundred no, no. people. Yeah, oh, sorry,
1: murdered. Mm. So they bring the M five on board. The musical cues say this is a bad idea. As yeah, they are installing it says it's an evil
0: computer, <laughs> yeah. and all of us watching are like, "Oh yeah, that's an evil computer, and it's going to start taking over immediately." With spoiler alert. It does immediately. Oh, yeah. As soon as it's left
1: on for more than five minutes, it takes Mm -hmm. over. So (laughs) let's see how much of this we can skip. Um, (laughs) Spock geeks out a bit. Bones is a curmudgeon and also a Luddite. Kirk is sort of in between them. It's an honor, or so they tell me. <laughs>
0: yes, um, Doctor Daystrom shows up, and he unfolds like an origami <laughs> yeah. swan. That man is huge. Yeah. He's
2: large, he's a very tall man, and quite a distinguished, slightly yeah. older gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Kirk a, a looks great great like a tiny sprite next they to him. They
0: all look yeah. like tiny Playmobil <laughs> yeah. figures compared to this yeah. guy who's huge. But I, I like that he's got the stature. Uh, he kind of towers over them, and in intellect,
1: and other things. Um, he's a little and bit... And he knows it and isn't afraid to tell you. Yeah, he's a little bit bossy. Just a tiny bit.
0: But, you know, he he wants his, his baby to succeed. Latch onto that baby theme, yeah. if you will.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes, there's a little bit where, you know, they're going to hook it up into the main power, and Scotty doesn't want to for obvious reasons. because he's genre savvy. (laughs)
1: He is,
0: and Bones starts complaining, and Dr. Daystrom is like, who the hell is this? yeah, he tries to
1: have Bones thrown out for security reasons. It's
0: amazing, because then Kirk comes back and says, Dr. Bones has
1: clearance throughout the ship, to which my response would be, what, why? (laughs) I assume so that he can medical, but I don't know. No, he should stay
0: in the sick bay
1: (laughs) For sure. Essentially, he just has free reign of the ship
0: because he's Kirk's friend and Kirk might need to monologue somewhere. Yes. Which he
2: does. Kirk might need a drink delivered to him at any time.
1: Because um, Kirk (laughs) says, hook it up. And then they have the little conversation in the hall where he's, for the first time, out loud talks about how he's, you know, got a bad feeling. He actually says, (laughs) he says he puts his hand in the back of his neck like the hair on the back of his neck is standing up and he says, I'm getting a red alert right here. (laughs) Well, there's a great moment because someone
0: asked, well, why M5? And this is the moment where he's explaining it. And I fully expected him to say, well, models M1 through M4 went evil.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I assume that that was what he
0: meant by not entirely successful. They weren't entirely successful in that they killed three people but Only we're three. trying to work it down for there and there's there this weird there is the start of this conversation and kirk says there's things that men must do to remain men which i wasn't i don't i, I don't know whether it was in the larger
1: humanistic sense like something humans have to have a job in order to I, feel. whenever human, anybody says like purpose. men on star trek i tend to assume like one small step for man, like men.
2: I I, you know, I thought you know, men, 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 <laughs> men, manly men. <laughs> also, men, that men, though. I, that's I what, think that's I think that's what it yeah, was. I think that's what it means. But you can take it probably like yeah. that way in terms of like you must have a purpose in life. You need to mm-hmm. have that that fulfillment of the job of the task mm-hmm. of the thing that you're doing to achieve. the give it just... gives your life meaning. Yeah. And in, yeah. in the 1960s. You know, to be sexist about it. Yes. For men, it would have been jobs, work, career, and for women it would have been the It's still the same home. thing. Yeah, like, it
0: is. It, like, men who don't have jobs or men who stay at home with children, they're still kind of looked down as slightly less masculine, in yeah. a way. Yes. Like, having the job
1: and being the breadwinner defines you as being a man. And it's funny, though, because they struggle to express that in, like, 23rd century... Like terms because this is a socialist utopia so they don't actually need to work to support themselves so it's more like I need a purpose.
0: Yeah like like a mission. I yeah. need a mission. I need a mission. <laughs> uh, the, Dr. Daystrom is like oh no you're actually afraid of the loss of prestige and power of being I a captain. Daystrom's kind of a prick. He
2: 100% is and Kirk's little face just crumples. He's so upset. He's, Kirk's self esteem takes a beating in this episode. It does. Yeah. It really does,
0: because he's like, oh, like, and again, really good moment is that he takes that slightly
1: over-the-top criticism and was like, is
0: he right?
1: Like, is this why I don't feel good about this? And I think it's because he has an unexpectedly strong reaction that he doesn't, like, he doesn't expect to have as strong feelings in opposition to the M5 as he does end up having.
0: Well, it's because
1: he's going to put him out of being a captain,
0: and Kirk's entire life is about being a captain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think at this point in his career and this point in his story without his ship, he, and we, we've seen this in other episodes, he's, he's rudderless. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't feel he has any purpose. He doesn't feel he has any home. Um, I also would like to interject on the Foley work on this because I was listening to this on my cell phone With earphones in, the floor sounds when they are walking are thunderous. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Thunderous. I can't even, it's like if I right now took a piece of parchment paper and just crumpled it up by the microphone. It is so loud. What did they make their floor out of? Wood. Flywood.
2: Guys, did they mm. not know that people 40 years from now would be watching them on tiny handheld devices? Could they not predict what was going to happen in the future based on their own vision of the future, Kareem?
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so he has this kind of crisis, this personal crisis, At and he point, talks to his BFFs about it. He does, which is great. And then uh Dr. Purple Jumpsuit start talking about, you know, like the ship is what what the M5 can do, and essentially the M5 is going to go to planets, do surveys, it only needs 20 people to run an entire starship. At which point I was like, what is the purpose of a starship?
1: Yeah, so here is... I w- he was talking about how, you know, you, m- you wouldn't need to go out into space and endanger yourselves. People could do other things. They could engage in other pursuits. Like, and I'm like, what?
2: what's the point? Well, my thing here is what I think what normally comes up with in sci-fi. And I'm thinking, I think of Arthur C. Clarke. Um, is it the, the one where the... I don't remember the name of the book, but humans don't have to work as much, and they've taken up pursuits for like art and literature and the more sort of like mm-hmm. highbrow, the finer leisure. Thing. Thing. Yeah, the finer. It's like it's focus on leisure, focus on art, focus on literature, and it's like the higher pursuits. Um, but the thing I was left thinking with this is, is okay, great if you are going to get rid of all these menial tasks and you are going to get rid of the 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 drudge work to like pure science, etc., cetera... Et cetera What's gonna happen the next time when somebody comes along and says, "Well, well, I can, I can take. I mean, you don't have to make your own art anymore. I can yeah. build you a robot to do that." And that's sort of the, I mean, it's not really what the episode is about, but it's but so like the cascading. When does it end? When do you stop mechanizing life?
0: Yeah. No, nope, that's very true. There's also another part where Doctor J Sturm is having a serious meltdown talking about this.
2: Um, Oh, that's near the end, isn't it? That's
0: near the end when he's kind of justifying himself. Is that we don't need to go and die in space, and we don't need to go die on planets? We could have better lives. We don't need to. Space is not ours to yeah. take.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not ours to take, and not ours to give. Which I thought was very interesting. It's kind of. It's I thought it was random. like a, a, a kind of a like a
1: someone really colonialism wanted that line in there. critique.
0: Like just because you can go out and explore and take space and take planets yeah. just because they're there doesn't mean that you should have them I thought that was very very interesting that maybe what he's kind of saying is that we need to focus back on Earth mm-hmm. that we're in some ways neglecting and on the other
1: flip side of that is it's kind of weird and xenophobic and isolationist
0: well I think I think part of what drives Star Trek is that kind of manifest destiny right It's heading out into space is the exploration is that bit and what he's kind of saying is that that attitude that space is empty and for us to discover yeah um is perhaps wrong so there's a lot of different layers in what he's saying and they're just kind of throwaway lines but yeah, really, really they're, interesting. they're never really because built on what it. is the purpose of a starship
2: yeah i mean and that's the whole point it says that in the in the opening narration you know to boldly go where no one has gone before and, and do what with it yeah exactly and i mean that's the whole thing you have now is like Somebody does something like, well, why did you climb Everest? Because it's there. It's mm-hmm. a thing that you do. You see a challenge and you go out and, and take it. And But do you need to? Like Endangering the lives
0: of the Sherpas and other people involved. Yeah, and it's interesting because
1: it is like it is a throwaway line. It's never built on. It's never referenced no, again. No. But it seems to be the thesis, the thesis statement here is that is exploration necessarily imperialism?
0: I think that's a that's a question. If we think about the start, the actual makeup of the starships themselves, they are built for exploration, so there is a science officer. But they are
1: military
2: vessels. Yeah. Well, Starfleet is at its like I mean it's a quasi it's a military. military organization. But, and I mean, as we have seen in things like um, like I mean, we see it in Deep Space Nine, and you hear have it referenced in Next Generation, is that Starfleet can turn into an army? Yeah. You have the Dominion yeah. War. You have like Chief o, like a uh, Chief O'Brien. Before he served on the Enterprise, fought in the wars wars against the Cardassians. He was a soldier before he was an engineer. Like there's, a, I was, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of rewatching Deep Space Nine right now. So this is all really fresh. But he tells a story about like, I wouldn't have known I was really good at engineering unless I had been thrown into this war zone where I was. Yeah, I was yeah. fighting. But
1: like you talk, you see it frequently stated by Starfleet characters throughout the franchise is that Starfleet does not consider itself a military organization. It's- but and in fact, they don't one of their purposes, that no, but but I would say from the outside they are they serve that purpose sometimes, but like a huge part of their purpose is to avoid military conflict.
2: Because I, I mean, they fall into this they are they are like a quasi diplomatic organization. Yeah. They're a scientific yes. organization, and those are their primary purposes. But, but when necessary, they also serve as the defensive force. But I mean, and, but you can conquer through diplomacy as well. Though, yeah, the thing, yeah, yeah. And
0: Starfleet you... is in many ways an imperialist force. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, when you look at if you go into the next generation and Deep Space Nine, and you look at the makeup of the Alpha Quadrant, where like yes. our show is primarily yes. set, you have the Federation, but you also have like the Klingon Empire and the Cardassian Empire, and then in Deep Space Nine you get the Dominion, which is basically an evil version of the Federation, and that, mm-hmm. that they're run by a central world and they have all the made up of all of these other worlds in their case that they have conquered against their will, whereas Federation has been created through diplomacy. And they mm-hmm. aren't run by a single central world. Earth. Vulcan, I would
1: say, if anyone, but not really by that point. Mm, Earth. In original series, it certainly looks that way, but later on, it's definitely not the case. Mm,
0: strong disagree. Anyway,
1: we're off track. No, um, we're
0: very much on A-track. A-track. <laughs> yeah. It is on A-track because what what are they making M5 do? They're making M5 do war games.
1: Yeah, that's a really strange choice.
0: It's not about exploration. It's not about scientific well, discovery. The
1: weird thing here is that that's not the first thing they have M5 do. They introduce it as they're doing war games. but The first maneuver they tell M5 to execute is to go to a planet, take some readings, and uh, figure out the, like, the composition of a potential away team, do some science. Like, that's the first thing they had to do. And send down a landing party. Yeah. There's a really good moment because, essentially, it's Kirk versus computer, and
0: yeah. Kirk just not come out on top. Mm-hmm. So they, they do the planet. This is its mm-hmm. first kind of
2: mm-hmm. mission. Well, this is the thing here is that they keep... Kirk keeps turning... Uh, M5 yes. off and on. He's yeah. like, "We're at the planet. All right, turn it off and let me review and yep. then we we'll, and Spock actually like lectures him a little bit here. Time but yes. like, yeah. can you just let M5 do what it's supposed to do? I really like I <laughs> I really liked Spock in this episode because yeah. he, he was willing to give it a chance, but he does at one point tell Bones like would you shut the fuck up I'm human first and I'd like to see this computer as a tool
1: Mm -hmm. there's
2: some really good moments in there so
0: M5 immediately starts turning off power which should be a red flag they should immediately disconnect it but do they
2: of course not no well because once they figure out what he's doing which is just Turning off power to the parts of the ship that are uninhabited and don't need
0: power. But he's sucking more power than he needs. Okay, that
2: was a red flag. Not the turning off, but the finding out he's sucking more power. That was a red flag. So
0: the first, like, contest, Kirk versus Computer, is they have to decide who to send down in a landing party. Mm -hmm. And so Kirk gives, like, his dream team that includes, you know... Him and Spock and Bones and Bones and some ensign and some other guy and he's like, Yeah, good team, good team. And then Purple Jumpsuit is like, what do you think, M five? And M five's like, I'm gonna send Carstairs and Spock and some other people and Kirk's like
1: my name is not on that list. Bones' name is on that list. M five says non essential personnel. (laughs) BAM! Yeah. That was like that harsh! Was, that was cold. It was that very was cold. really cold. On the other hand, the
2: captain really shouldn't be going on away missions like this. We've had this that is a fact. Yeah. <laughs> the, that is a yeah. fact. The other thing I liked from this is that Kirk, when he when Kirk assigned it, he gave two scientists, and like one was the head of his department and one was like a senior yes. or something rather. Or there was
0: Roll- Rollins and Carstairs. Rollins is the chief geologist, Carstairs is an ensign.
2: And M5 brings one of them like characters. He brings the Ensign. But then he what doesn't bring the other guy. And Kirk was like, "Well, ha, you're not bring you're bringing a junior officer. Why are you doing that?" And mm-hmm. M5 was like, "He's been here before. He's like he's worked on this planet before." And Kirk just looks like floored.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And again, computer 1, Kirk 0. Mhm. Except, of course, that the computer is now turning off more systems. Yep. And Purple jumpsuit is like, oh, it's just a malfunction. Don't
2: worry. Scotty, in the
1: background of every scene, is going like, we have to, no, this is, I have a bad, can someone look at me, please? (laughs) He's just sort of tearing out his hair in the back of every single scene for the rest of the episode.
0: Yeah, it's drawing a lot of power. And even (laughs) Spock is like, well, and, and this is kind of weird. And Purple Jump's is like, oh, it's like a human body, you know? If it's working really hard, it needs more carbs. No. And Spock's like, it's a computer. That's not how
1: computers work.
0: Yeah, with his a- level A7 computer savvy. <laughs> the other thing is that that <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make, make a lot of sense because
1: the Enterprise is on a ship system just like every other starship, so why would there be entire sections of the ship completely uninhabited?
2: Meh, nah, whatever. Right now, because mm. there's only 20 people there's on 20 this people, right yes. with down, They're now down from their normal crew complement of 400 to 20, so yeah. I'm guessing there are decks that have yeah. nobody on them. Which, sure. Anyway, surprise attack! Two
0: ships are coming. The computer is going to deal with it. It, like, shoots things. Chekhov is the most bored I have ever seen. <laughs> so annoyed by. by all of this. I can't tell if that's acting or
1: just genuinely bored with the proceeding. He is deeply unimpressed with this entire proceeding. So, they have fake battle.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: um, mm-hmm. M5 scares off the ships and returns to the course. Mm-hmm, the Enterprise mm-hmm. is fine. Well, the Enterprise I guess, is more than fine. Yeah, the Enterprise, the Enterprise awesome. killed it. it the M5 no was great.
0: And Kirk is like... Oh, and then actually, Spock goes over to give him an inspirational speech. He does. He does, which I thought was really beautiful. He's like, "Well, I guess you want to be serving under a computer now." And Spock's like, "Well, it is practical, but not desirable. I have no wish to serve under a computer." Yeah, a ship also runs on loyalty mm-hmm. under one man. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was quite beautiful, it and was. I may have teared up a little.
2: <laughs> Aww. Yeah, Spock was really, I, I love, I just love Spock in this episode. I mean, so, like, aside from my normal out. love for yeah, Spock, yeah, well, yeah, mighty,
0: like, let's not. Yeah, let's he not was
2: great in this all. episode because he was, like, intellectually curious, but compassionate.
0: Yeah. Yes. Unlike the Commodore who calls up and is like, how about them App- apples, Captain Dunsell? Dunsell. Dunsell. And Kirk hears this and just, like, Storms out. Slumps off the bridge. Yeah. He like, slumps like, off. Charlie Brown slinks yeah. out of there. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: and Bones is like, What does that mean? 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 What does he that mean? Know,
2: he should know what it means. He, yeah, like, it's a
0: Starfleet thing. He, yeah, but, but,
2: but Bones was in medical, not yeah, regular command No excuse.
0: The explanation is Dunsell refers to a midshipman.
1: It's a part which serves no useful purpose. Yeah. and right before we go to commercial here we get the most ominous shot of M5
0: yeah (laughs) I like this because it's like the high of Spock saying
1: well I love you anyways and then the low of your boss saying "Mm, you're redundant Yeah. Um, Bones visits Kirk to cheer him up with a fancy space cocktail this is again one of my favorite favorite things about Bones is that sometimes the
0: prescription is just a stiff drink yep because it appears to do the job <laughs> it does
1: uh, and, and Kirk bemoans a little bit and he's really quite visibly upset he says I've never felt this way at odds with the ship yes because he loves his he, he loves, loves that the ship. the ship is his baby yep but he controls his baby and we get <laughs> this is be the weird. first outing of a beloved Trek phrase that we see multiple times um, a quotation all I ask is a tall ship and a star to sail her by yeah. They also say that's 21st century, and I don't think that it is, because that's, um... They say it's 20th century. Do they actually say 20th? I swear to God they say 21st. I went back and listened to it again. No. Oh.
0: It's, it's, this is very beautiful. This again ties into all my favorite things about the captain theme. He yeah. talks about the ship is yours, you can feel her. And in a way, our starfleet, our starship is like a ship, and the stars are still there. Yeah. Good poetic line. I really, really like that.
1: Which is contrasted with, oh no, there's an ore freighter. Uh, we've locked weapons on a robotic ore freighter.
2: Uh, Question. Yes. Since they already appear to have automated ships. Yes, Kim. Why are we now acting like an automated ship is like the most miraculous I think thing ever? Because
0: it's a... It's, 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 it's a it's replacing the captain. So it's making decisions, whereas this is like a self-driving car. Like, not even. You've you've put it on the road and said... And you just nudge it. You go to point A where you go. It's a
1: stupid robot This one
0: is making decisions. Poor decisions as it comes out, because... It destroys that ore freighter. And will listen to no one. Yeah. For, yeah. for no M5 reason. M5 has no time for no one. Bones reacts as if it just killed a
1: poppy. in Your front brilliant of brilliant computer just destroyed an ore freighter. In fact, it went out of its way to destroy an ore freighter. He screams, the ore freighter! <laughs> what? You like you know what? he cares. Everyone on the bridge is completely freaked out by this because, holy shit, it just fucking blew up a ship without orders and it wouldn't stop. And Daystrom's like, well, it was only a robot ship. And everyone on the bridge is like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so M5 is (laughs) fired. $10 million worth of ore on that ship. Raise your hand if you saw this coming. That would be all of us. That would all of us,
0: yes. So, M5 is out of a job, but M5 does not take rejection lightly, (laughs) because Kirk goes to pull the plug, and he sends an engineer. Well, no, he tries. Oh, yeah. He gets, like, shot. Yeah. There's a force field. There is a giant force field. And M5 takes care of herself, and she ain't gonna let anyone
1: turn her off. Yeah. Uh, because she vaporizes the engineer who tries the next thing. He tries to unplug her and she's like, how about no? That was actually quite shocking. And that, I don't mean that as like... A was plan. that <laughs> uh,
2: Was that when you screamed, Kareem? I
0: screamed when Kirk went to go touch it and he went flying five feet in yeah. the other direction. I was really
2: shocked. I actually well, expected that. While Kareem was watching this on her cell phone, I was napping on the other couch <laughs> and she screamed and like... Woke me up rather violently. I did a You gasp. also screamed. I did a gasp. I did a loud gasp. Like, <gasps> oh! Yeah, I heard both.
1: I was upstairs. I heard Karina's noise, and then I heard Kim's noise. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know what part of the episode they're at. Yeah,
0: because the computer straight up murders that ensign. Yeah.
1: And Dr. Purple Jumpsuit is like, well, he did get in the way. Yeah, what he says is, uh it was a mistake. It was a miscalculation. And Spock gives him this, dirty look like computers don't make mistakes dr daystrom
0: it's great because at this point we get introduced to our ticking clock it's one hour into our war games yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and dr purple jumpsuit is just having a meltdown because they're like okay we got to do whatever we got to do to shut this off because it's he not taking over the entire ship yeah and it has no time for no one mm-hmm. and the, He's
1: like, well, you don't shut off a child when it makes a mistake. <laughs> I'm like, most children don't have disintegrating lasers. Most children you can't shut off. <laughs> Their mistakes are less dire. Yeah, that's, that's true. And Spock starts saying what he says several times over the course of the next ten minutes or so, is that M5 is not behaving logically. Yeah. Which is weird, because it's a computer.
0: Yeah, it, it's actually quite good. And Kirk actually takes the... Uh, the opposite side where he's saying well this is actually a really good advancement and you know he has achieved great things and maybe this is his next great thing like did sitara vulcan produce genius on command um but it did straight up murder
1: someone. Nyström keeps arguing so hard. They do some man grappling. Yeah, you don't understand. It takes four hundred and thirty people to run a starship with you, so you don't need anyone. But my question is, then what's the point?
0: Yeah, what is the purpose of a starship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without exploration, without kind of synthesis people. of the information, without making those diplomatic ties, which who wants to
1: argue with the computer? We've had the you need you need squishy parts to have you know ethics conversation yeah, several exactly. times. It does turn out that the M5 is very wily because yeah. it let
0: them think that it was going to get power yeah. and then it was like,
1: no. Yeah, it lets them spend hours working on a workaround to cut off its power and then quietly reroutes power so that the, what they try
2: doesn't work. It was very impressive. I really enjoy that M5 is just like, I need more power. I'm plugging myself into the warp <laughs> engine. <laughs> Nothing can Directly yeah,
0: in. No in. I'm like, <gasps> poor Scotty, again, is having a meltdown. And here's where things get a little weird, but it's not little something bit. that we haven't explored before. Where no. Doctor Purple jumpsuit is like, well, I kind of impress my Mgrams. and grams, m grams. Sure, I impress myself onto this computer, so it's kind of like me, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and of course, this is a problem because despite it. Being almost human and almost sentient, it doesn't recognize a game. Which, if we've learned anything from that movie, when a computer asks
1: you if you want to play a game, (laughs) you say no. It's just like when you know someone asks you if you are a god, you say yes. Yeah. When a computer asks if you want to play a game, you say no. No. Yeah, Daystrom freaks out, like he flips completely. Oh, yeah, it's his baby, it's his yeah. baby baby. But unfortunately his baby is about to
0: go kill like a thousand people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there's four Federation ships just sitting there like they don't know. It's, they're
1: just like,
2: war games, war games,
1: war games, war, yeah. game, war yeah. games. And uh, M5 also won't let them call out to warn them. Nope, it's just like, yes. War um, have a- War gams! We play the war games! I have this, you. you know we have this ongoing list of suggestions to send to Starfleet. Yes. My new suggestion is some kind of not analog, but not connected to the Central Computer Systems <laughs> Communications Network or uh-huh. something. Sort of uh-huh.
2: uh-huh. just needs to stand next to a window with some flags and signal yes. <laughs> and semaphore. Yes. Yeah.
0: Good idea. Um I they do we watched the um the remastered version. There's lots of sh- I actually the Enterprise looks yeah. so scrappy. Yeah. It's like, I'm coming in to get you guys. Yeah. Um Chekhov looks vaguely aroused by all this. He's like, Yeah, like we shot that one. We sure are maneuverable. The Potemkin's doing good.
1: Yeah, we um yeah, the Potemkin and the Hood, which either they or uh or successors to them are still hanging around in the next gen and DS9 era. Yep. So that was nice. Which yep. is nice. Um but under Unfortunately, the M5 does kind of kill 53 people Wub on yuck. one ship
0: and 12 on the Excalibur. Yuck. And Dr. Purple Jumpsuit's reaction to this is, it's
1: misunderstood. Yeah, this is where he says th- the first ship was an accident. Mm. And Spock is not the- okay, but garbage in, garbage out, bro. <laughs> I mean,
2: okay, Dave Strum's reaction is not good. No. No, but at the same time, it's a little bit understandable and that his this is like his big project that he's ostensibly been working on for like 10 years and sure it's, and it's kind of melting down in front of his eyes and he's freaking out by rejecting oh, the failure and he criticism <laughs> <him> <laughs> rejecting baby it it rather than, like rather than seeing things go wrong and throwing up his hands and screaming this is never gonna work we should all just bail out now he's like no no it's gonna get better. I can fix this. Let's just ride this out to the very end. Just like a goddamn engineer. Yeah,
0: and so Kirk and Spock are like, you have to tell you have to kill it, and because it's you, you have to tell you to kill. Yourself. I want to want a
1: brief pause here, because yes. we get a message from the Commodore, because it won't let them call out, but it'll let other people call in, and it's Commodore Wesley going, have you gone mad, Kirk? And yeah, I'm like, he blames Kirk! You know, you're the one that plugged the fucking computer in and gave yeah. it control this of the Enterprise. This your idea. You know 100-
0: You think Kirk is doing this? You think Kirk is doing really? this? Really? When you hooked up the evil computer? Your friend
1: Kirk, who you know, who is a human being, who is at least relatively sane? Really? You would think. Really? You You would think. Unless he was so
0: well, whatever. No, it's crazy talk. Yeah, the MBO SO
1: kills forty seven people in like five minutes.
0: Oh no, it kills much more than that. It kills sixty-five. Sixty-five in the first on go. one ship,
2: twelve on the other, and then
0: um, Yeah. It, let's yeah. just say over fifty. Lots. Over yeah. fifty. And so Kirk and Spock are like, Okay, you have to talk to this computer and get it to kill itself. And so he kind of sidles up to the commuters like
2: Hey M5. He uses, like, a very sexy one. Yeah. <laughs> my notes just here say, Daystrom tells M5 not to murder. Yeah. yeah. Murder Mar- Mar- is
0: wrong. You're my greatest creation. Which would be, like, the ending line
1: of a Disney made-for-TV movie. Yeah. We should note <laughs> that while all this her is her happening, Wesley song. is calling Starfleet for permission to blow up the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. I mean, I'd do that, too, at this point. It
0: goes really King Lear here, because yep. he's like, nothing can hurt you. If I am great, you are are great. They said I was the boy wonder. They built all my work. Oh her just slack is as watching yeah. him like what are is going on. serious? At which point he starts screaming we are invincible which is a Lord I have a real objection here
1: also, which I've underlined like seven times. Yeah, is sorry. Because the computer keeps saying, this unit must protect itself, and that's its justification for everything. Yeah. How does a computer expert from the 22nd century not program his fucking supercomputer with, with the, the, the three, three laws? laws? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> because he keeps having to tell
0: it, well, yes, you need to survive, but... Man must not die. To kill is a breaking of law. The thing is that that
1: argument is, you know, it sounds like it's drawing from the three laws. It does,
0: but. And yet. You should definitely throw that in, like, your first line of We code. know
1: this universe has the three laws that's gotten used a bunch of times, and yet. I, I would always start with kill no humans. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, that is the number one. <laughs> I am afraid of computers, so fundamentally
1: at its core, I do not trust them. But that would always be my first line of code. I would much less trust a computer that was based around human engrams than an actual machine. At least this
0: guy, because he starts going on about how they're just toy. the other ships are toys to be crushed.
1: Mm -hmm. At
0: which point they really
1: have to like choke a (laughs) bit. Yeah, and, and he sort of slowly unravels throughout the course of this, and Kirk's sort of standing off to the side, like egging him on. It's like, it must be destroyed. And Day literally says, No, we are invincible. Yes. How? Dude.
2: Okay, what did you guys think, like, narratively of Daystrom just sort of, like, becoming this unhinged mad scientist? I have a sort of a headcanon about
1: it, is that he had this... He peaked early. He had a really... Yeah, he peaked really early. He had this sparkling career as a young man. And then he had, dec- like, was it 15 years since his last real accomplishment, where he tried over and over again, but he just couldn't make it work. And the only reason the five got as far as it did was not really down, in my opinion, to his computing skills or his, like, his expertise or his genius. It's due to the fact that he just went, fuck it, I'm going to scan my brain in.
0: Yes, I mean it is a tremendous achievement. I will grant you, Kim, that the totally like we are
1: invincible came a little
0: bit out of left field for me. Yeah, but I I bought the stuff where he's like they called me the boy wonder yeah. and they laughed behind and he was my desperate. back and like for fifteen yeah, years that part to get something I got, to work. It yeah. was
2: just this whole this this final the final break, the final yeah. break. like was yeah. that like he was staked. that we were supposed to just go with this? It's just him having a mental break after years and years of pressure and I think it's failing it's, to produce results. It's a I combination. Think so. Of that, mm-hmm.
1: I think that's what it's supposed to okay. be. because, like, you have just seen that most people's creations are like at least representative of them to themselves to a certain point. But he got so desperate, he made this literally a representation of himself. So when it fails, he fails.
0: Yeah, he does say that he, he does, starts calling he does, he them. He me identifies me with M five because yes. it's him. And I, I, I guess when he's asked to destroy it because it has committed murder, it has done wrong. Mm-hmm. I think he feels that it is. He is being told that he is wrong. That he is fundamentally wrong inside. And that's what breaks him. It's his final insult. Because he and the computer are so, one, it is literally a scan of his brain. Yeah. It, someone is telling him that your brain did this. And then he's having to face the immensity of his own crimes. And that's what he keeps saying. You've murdered we've murdered Murdered. hundreds of people. And I think, I I guess actually the more I talk about it, the more I actually buy it. Like, the fact that his own brain, Mm -hmm. his own creation, killed hundreds of people. And that he is ultimately responsible for it.
2: Yeah. And and he's sort of... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, for me, I think it's the bit that he couldn't talk the computer out of it, and the computer just thought this was what it had to do, because that's what it was programmed to do. Yeah, And to face that in yourself, that you could become an an unrepentant killing machine?
0: In very little time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think it's... Under an hour. I don't personally think it's literally that he thinks that it means that there's something wrong with him morally, so, so much as that even my greatest creation could not succeed where I have failed. I think it's a little bit of that, and I agree with you that there is the theme there, but I also think it's
0: because we... Because he talks yeah. about him, the computer. Oh, yeah. And he's Me. conflating it with himself for sure. Yeah.
1: So he mm-hmm. murdered, not yeah. you. And it's boxy weird. thing. And it's so Me. it's so clear that the computer is not like an illogical machine because it's it says things like. I cannot murder, because it says, you have murder. He says, you have murder, Yeah. And M5 says, I cannot murder. Murder is contrary to the laws of man and God, which is such a weird thing for weird a computer line, to man. say. Weird line for a computer. Except makes more sense when you think that the only reason it can think at all is because it's a direct scan of his brain into a machine. Yeah. So he has to be pinched into oblivion, and Kirk then proceeds to,
0: of course, talk the computer to death. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which was fine it was very very simple like oh you cannot kill man no no of course i can't but you did what is the oh. penalty for murder this was weird because this was so weird it has been established before there is no death penalty the cage or the menagerie the cage it's yeah is that the only the only death penalty left in the galaxy is going to the forbidden planet
1: yeah. that is the only one it's the only one there's no death penalty so no what the hell is that
0: whatever uh the computer is like oh no um <laughs> whoops <laughs> What Whoops. have I done? So, essentially the computer turns down its shield and prepares to get annihilated by the Commodore who has received messages from Starfleet which are like, yes! Kill it with fire!
2: <laughs> yeah. Evil computer took over a
1: ship and is killing people. I kind <laughs> of Permission to just... Take drive. it down! I kind <laughs> of imagine that, like, Wesley, like, championed the hell out of this. He was like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome! Let's do it! He did! And everyone else at Starfleet who was, like, reluctantly convinced was like, I knew this was gonna happen. Kill it with fire right now! <laughs>
0: yes, and so there moving in for the kill and Kirk the rest of the crew is like oh my god like turn on the shield try and protect us and Kirk is like can't get communications can't get communications to be like hey actually the evil computer is done um so instead he gambles
2: yeah Yeah. the thing here um is that Kirk they M5 basically commits suicide or whatever Kirk orders M5 to be pulled apart yes but he does not have control of the ship no and it's it was an interesting idea that there's a starship this giant, powerful tool, and nobody is in control of it.
1: Oh, yeah,
2: and that it's just existing as its own entity by itself.
0: That without the control of humans, without the hand of man, it is nothing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And we've had
1: that talk before. I like it. It ties right into the theme that we're doing. Yeah. So yeah, they, they kind end. of they kind of beat it home too because we get we get a shot from the bridge of I think it was the Exeter the, the Lexington. Um, the Commodore is sort of looking out at the view screen at the Enterprise. It's like It looks dead, and we get this long lingering shot of the Enterprise yeah. slowly turning over yeah. onto one side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and,
0: and yeah, Kirk takes the gamble mm-hmm. of I'm just going to leave the shields down, I'm going to leave us totally vulnerable, and hope that they don't fire off. And yeah. Commodore is human, and uses his compassion. Makes
1: a judgment call. And makes a judgment And we have a line really early in the episode where Spock or Daystrom I can't remember says that the that the M five made a judgment to do something. And And Spock, yeah. Spock says computers don't judge. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um The thing that I liked about this is when Kirk was that he would he says something along the lines of like we will give our nineteen lives to save a thousand people. Yeah.
0: Yes. Which was Excellent. And then we kind of wrap it up by Dr. Purple Jumpsuit is going to a rehabilitation center. Yeah. And talking about, and Spock has the moment where, you know, Bones is goading him, saying, Oh, I bet you're where well, you miss your computer. No, 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 no. Your new boyfriend, girlfriend, your new boyfriend, whatever. whatever. <laughs> your new thing. And Spock says, Computers are more efficient, but not better. Yeah. yeah. I merely okay. stated. Exactly. And it's
1: quite, quite beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little moment. It was good moments. Very, yeah, very good moments. very good. Yeah, so our life lessons to take away from this episode. Uh,
2: don't trust computers.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, the singularity isn't going to happen scanning a human brain. Okay. Uh, mine
0: would be that evil computers
1: generally go evil. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this is yeah. another genre savvy will save your life sort of Exactly, situation. exactly. <laughs> and uh, it did. Yeah. Ari, your count... Uh, not huge on either one. Uh, two ladies, three people of color.
2: Uh, Kim, we already did your count. Yeah, it was... I, I don't High. think... I, yeah, I said over a hundred Starfleet personnel. on the ship, Plus the one poor redshirt in engineering. Yeah.
0: Uh, performance of the episode, Ari. Uh, what's his name? William Marshall. Who played, uh, Dr. Purple Jumpsuit. Yes. And also Blackula. <laughs> and also Blackula.
2: Kim, uh, performance of the episode. I originally started out seeing the guy who played Daystrom. Yeah. I've changed my mind. Yes. yes. It's going to shatter. Yes! 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 <laughs> it's like a per- this episode is like a personal victory for you, Kareem. Yes! Is
1: upside down.
2: Justified.
0: Obviously, I am giving the <laughs> performance <laughs> of the episode to Kirk because he was amazing and his head his little face was sad. Yeah. Now, Alright, so uh turn off your computers at night and make them face the wall. <laughs> Because they're probably watching you and learning. This is not how the singularity will happen. Don't even want to think about it.